0: helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. forward slash class and save your seat. In today's episode, I'm talking with Suzanne Wary, who's the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast and a style influencer at My Kind of Suite. We're talking about how alcohol companies target women through marketing influencers and social media. I've wanted to do this episode for a while because I spent 20 years in product marketing, brand positioning, and digital marketing, I know all the work that goes on behind the scenes and the amount of time, research, money, and targeting that goes into a brand's effort to identify their ideal customer for a particular product and all the levers they have at their disposal to increase consumption of that product. And it's important to be aware of this, especially when they're marketing an addictive product to you, like alcohol and cigarettes. Because as you increase your consumption of their product, you also unknowingly become more dependent on it, which is exactly their goal. So if you think that wine is your reward at the end of a hard day or if you think that it brings you closer to your partner and allows you to connect, if you think that a drink helps you relax or is empowering and helps you bond with your coworkers or is needed to help entertain customers so they'll buy from you, if you think that drinking makes motherhood easier or helps you hold on to the identity and the independence you cherished before you had children, That is not an accident. Your needs and wants and frustrations and insecurities have been analyzed from every angle. And the alcohol companies have determined that these are the most compelling messages you need to hear to make you drink their products and drink them more often. I asked Suzanne to partner with me on this topic because she knows the behind the scenes of influencing and what goes into building mom wine culture and the big brands who are capitalizing on this audience. And if you listen to this episode, you'll hear that I quote from a lot of industry reports, both from the alcohol industry and the influencing industry, because I want you to hear from them what they're saying about us, what they're saying about our alcohol consumption, about how to target us, and when to shift their messaging to combat the other information coming out about the negative health effects of alcohol on our bodies and our minds. They want you to keep drinking. They want to increase your share of wallet for them, for alcohol, for their particular brand. Now, you can make your own decisions about drinking or not drinking. It is completely your choice. And for years, I was the biggest true believer in these messages and reinforced to them all the reasons that drinking helped me to myself, to my family, and to my friends. And I wish I had this information at that time because it's important to be an informed media consumer. And I wonder if I had this, if I would have changed earlier, some of my beliefs about alcohol. My hope is that after this episode, you can take a fresh look at what your beliefs are about what alcohol does for you and why it's important to you, and then notice The messages all around you that have led you to have that view. So here we go.
1: Hi, everybody. I am so excited. Today I'm with Casey of the Hello Someday podcast. And we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about how alcohol is targeting women, how that plays out in advertising and marketing and social media. And I've been an influencer for oh God. Nine years now? Too long. And so I know kind of the ins and outs of that. And Casey, you know all of the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I
0: was, uh, before I started coaching, for 20 years, I was in product marketing, brand marketing, marketing communications, both for B2B companies. I worked for a photography company that did entertainment imagery as well and video as well as news and sports and advertising. But I also worked I've talked about this before I worked at L'Oreal. So huge focus group, marketing, brand marketing loyalty Mm -hmm. towards women. And then also I worked at this company that rented designer handbags like Prada and all the big ones. Oh, what was that? It was called Bag, Bar, or Steel. And when I remember that, you know that? Oh, yes, for sure. Yes. So I was their director of branding and Marcom. And when I joined, it was when they were being featured in the first sex in the city video movie. Do you remember Jennifer Hudson being like, I rented it from Bag, Bar, or Steel?
1: Yes. Yes, it was the it was like a Louis Vuitton uh, denim patchwork bag. Oh my maybe, god, look
0: at you! I know. I, oh, yeah, oh, I don't, I don't even yes. remember that. And <laughs> yes. like, it was the biggest thing in company history. And at L'Oreal, we got on Oprah's favorite things for the holiday season, which was huge. And so, like, I know how much money goes into that. We also paid. I work for Clarisonic, which is their skincare. Ooh, yeah product and we literally paid 10,000 20,000 dollars to influencers yeah. to create YouTube videos and social posts and all that stuff. Yeah. So we know both sides.
1: We do. We do. We know, we know and we're women too, by the way. And <laughs> we
0: used to drink a shitload of alcohol.
1: Yeah, so- and we were targeted so and we know we, all of it. We bought
0: in. We were part of the mommy wine culture. We were part of the women empowerment. This is what working mm-hmm. women do. Um, mm-hmm. All the things.
1: Yeah. The glamorization of alcohol. Right? Like that's. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I want to do this is because I feel like women have been conditioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, through influencers, through marketing, through advertising campaigns, through social media, but also through each other. Like Mm. all of society has bought in and absorbed this message. And it's like this circular firing squad where like, yes, you get advertising and movies and all this stuff and your sister and best friend and mother also buy in. And I feel like we need to be informed media consumers in Mm -hmm. order to not believe the hype.
1: Totally. Man, this is such a big topic. And this is one that I talk about all the time because I think that targeting women and especially mothers isn't new. Right. Like you think about back in the sixties with mommy's little helper. And what was, was that Valium or right? It was something. So this idea that moms are always searching for something to make motherhood easier because that's the fact that the fact remains is that motherhood is fucking hard. And like we do need help and moms do need help. And so we are like, we're a marketer's dream. Because we not only control, generally speaking, what comes into our house, right? Like, and we do the, the shopping. financial budget. I, you know, yes. everybody
0: thinks it's the men, even when women did not work, which now they do I mean, usually 50-50 mm-hmm. and bring in the same amount of income. But even before that, women make the majority of financial
1: spending decisions. Yes. Yes. We are the CEOs of our house. And this is generally speaking, right? But over and marketers know that like, yeah, they know, first of all, that we make the spending decisions and they also know that we're stressed and that we need help. Right. And so that's what, you know, in, in the sixties and the fifties and sixties, the mommy's little helper and all of that, the, the whole volume thing. I mean, it, it's just the same thing now with alcohol. It's the yeah, same exact
0: it, thing. and so there are two things about it. One, I mean, I Anne Dowsett Johnston, who wrote the book, Drink, she does a ton of research for her work. and she calls alcohol the modern woman's steroid, you mm. know, allowing her to do it all. And even though we know, All it does is drag her down and keep her stuck. And yeah. And the second thing is that I feel that the way alcohol is marketed to women and the way women consume it, it's like, since you talk to a bunch of moms and I do too, it's like a pacifier. Like when a baby is crying or when a baby is tired or when you need to be somewhere, but the baby, is basically being like, I can't do this anymore. You stick a pacifier in. And that is what women have been doing. They've been numbing themselves mm-hmm. so that they can tolerate the lives they've set up and the responsibilities and all the shit.
1: Yes. I I actually picture now that, you know, And I didn't realize all of this stuff, right? When you're in it and when you're being targeted by really fucking good marketing, you don't know you're being marketed to. That's what makes it great. And so, but now that I kind of have this like 30,000 foot view of everything, I, I literally picture like four men in black suits sitting at my kitchen island. I'm a very visual person and I picture them. Just like pushing a drink toward me, like in a nice pink can, or whether that's like white claw or like wine or whatever it is, and just saying, "No more, no more talking," because and this kind of gets into like the whole patriarchy. I don't know what is more powerful than a woman, than a sober woman with a clear head who knows what she wants and knows what she needs and demands it and has and and isn't afraid.
0: Values herself.
1: Yes. Yes, and I don't, I don't think there is anything more powerful, and it's not an accident that we've been marketed to because what you know, if if they weren't afraid of us, they wouldn't want us to be quiet. Okay,
0: and not only that, there is a meme, uh, something going around social that I've seen multiple times that I, I hate. And I love because it's so fucking true. And if you Mm. look at it with a critical eye, you're like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. And it is this thing that is supposed to be funny. And it's like a man's guide to dealing with women. Sort of like men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Yeah. And it says like, ultra dangerous, dangerous, okay safe, very safe. And in each one, like the dangerous thing is to come home and be like, what'd you do all day? Right? Mm-hmm. Dick?" Or mm-hmm. um, are you wearing that? You know, like all this stuff. Yeah, And, you know, then there's dangerous, whatever safe, like, Oh, honey, you look nice, you know, or whatever, like, yeah, whatever. And the ultra safe in every single category is your honey have some wine like
1: oh, and yes it is fucking true mhm it is true and and you know all of the memes and all of the stuff that were that we just kind of scroll through on social media and we see all of that sinks in and all of that is just further normalizing this idea that not only is is wine and alcohol. Not only is it, you know, accepted in motherhood, but that it's essential. And that's what we've been taught, that we need this. And it's just, it's, this isn't just, uh you know, a lot of people I talk to, I think they assume that it's just like, oh, this is just kind of by mistake. Like mom stumbled onto wine thinking that it helped us. And then when it did help us, we just spread the word because we want to help other people too. Yeah. And that's just not true. That's yeah. not how all of this storm started.
0: Oh my gosh. Can we talk about perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48. So if you're going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep, it is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. And use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety, and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective to get 25% off your first order with the promo code, hello, and get ready to sleep well. No, and it's insidious. Mm -hmm. And I hate it because this happens a whole lot when people talk about alcohol and women and the growth in it and whatever, and do not mention that alcohol is Addictive. The substance is addictive. They're like, it's a coping mechanism. Women are using it for fun. It's, you know, and it's like, yes, yes, it becomes a habit. And it's a fucking addictive substance. It's working as designed. It's not your fault that when you drink, you want to drink more. You want to drink more often. And just like smoking, the industry knows that.
1: They you count I mean? on that. Yes. Yeah. They count on that. It's so true that we have not we were just not educated in how highly addictive alcohol is and that it's it's right up there with nicotine. It's as yeah. addictive as nicotine. I was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, "You know, I drink wine at night and I'm like, okay, like that's fine. I don't care." <laughs> Even though people think I'm on a crusade, I'm not on a crusade in my personal life. And you know she's like, well, it's no different than like sugar or coffee, and I'm like, well, that's yeah, it of, is. That's yeah, that's where y- you're wrong. And I was like, well, it's a it's a highly addictive drug. And she's like, what? Alcohol is not addictive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh man, um, yeah, yeah. And
0: I feel like young people, and I we we're gonna talk about this. They're wise to this shit, yes. and I was even listening to. A podcast called "The Conversation" last night, talking about all the reasons Gen Z is drinking less, and mm. there were all these factors. But they are wise to this shit, including the impact on mental health, yeah. the cancer connection, the heart history connection, and they're very worried with social media that they're like one bad night can fuck up your entire life.
1: Like I, mean- I
0: want to have a job, you know.
1: Yeah, could you imagine if we had social media when we were, oh my God. Oh my I God, I would I, be fucking screwed. Fucking screwed. screwed. For life. I mean, I do think Gen Z has it right. I mean, the kids are you Are you Gen all right.
0: X? I'm Gen X. Okay, and I- And I kind of love Gen X people. Like, Are you
1: kidding me? Like, Reality the Bites,
0: like the MTV Latchkey generation. Latchkey,
1: yes. So my brother and I had a whole podcast where we talked about being Gen X. I am what's considered- Cause I'm 1980. And so I'm either the eldest millennial or yeah. the youngest Gen X, which obviously I choose the youngest Gen X because I am Gen X through and through latchkey kid, feeling like everything is. Well, is your brother apart. older or younger? He's older. So he's yeah, 45. So
0: he's Gen X and that, you know, sets the tone. So yes. I'm 1975. So I'm okay. like, yeah, younger Gen X, but Fully Gen X.
1: I mean, we're know? the best. We are the forgotten generation. We were yes. used to being forgotten. Our parents forgot about us. Like the news forgets about. Like, my parents they- never got divorced.
0: Yeah, but it is the divorce generation. The first- oh yeah, my did. It's the first <laughs> time. <one> of- wait, <laughs> your parents are divorced.
1: Oh yeah, they got divorced when I was six, and then they each got divorced again. They were like, I don't think we did that right. The first time. oh wait, Let's are you- are they
0: married again?
1: Um, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Single. Yeah. Yep. Single. My dad passed away, but my mom, my mom swore off everything.
0: Yeah. But it was my it- dad passed away too. And the reason I asked is because I have friends, parents and uh, I adore them. And, you know, my dad passed away. So he's like my second father and yeah. both of them had very short second marriages and are happily married to each other for- again. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, first oh, marriages. Oh. They're got it. Their daughter is my best friend. Very short second marriages. And then they married each other and they're like, yeah, everyone has a mistake. Second marriage, which
1: cracked me up. Totally. Oh my God. Well, my parents both did for sure. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, Gen Z, Gen Z's focus on mental health is, is going to lead them in the right direction because we were not focused on mental health. Jen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the way, I have to read this because I normally on my podcast get lovely reviews and by the way, I read them all and it totally makes oh, my day and makes me yes. so happy. We love the reviews and the pod just hit 1 million downloads which I'm so excited about. Huge. But I've I've gotten like two shitty reviews. And I have to read this one because it relates to this topic. Yeah, She says, love it and hate it. I have felt compelled to speak up to this anti-wine
1: culture being created. We are anti-wine culture. We are. I I am proudly anti-wine culture because there's so everywhere we turn, we are told that wine is the answer as women and as moms. And damn it, someone has to tell the truth yeah. and i will proudly be anti-wine culture does that mean you're a failure if you still drink wine no 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 like you casey like i will never call anyone a failure but what i will do is share the truth and the science and what i have found in freedom and sobriety like yeah, yeah. hell yeah let's be anti-wine culture yeah i'm also anti-negative reviews you if you're going to leave a negative review, like please leave positive reviews on things that you like. You know, like if you like the podcast, leave a, leave a positive review. We need more positive in the world, you guys.
0: Okay. Um oh, influencer brands use marketing. <laughs> so I am a person who, you know, was in the industry forever. I've Google alerts for sober curious, uh for women and alcohol, etc. And so I get the inside scoop and what wine industry magazine and wine lobbyists and alcohol brands are writing about like Mm. their perspective too. So I'm going to share that, but I want you to talk about the behind the scenes of influencer. I mean,
1: yes. So there's so mommy wine culture is so prevalent and I I'm going to talk mostly about Instagram because that's probably where I spend the most time and where I see it the most. You know, I think the last time I was on your podcast, I talked about Molly Sims, but there are these big influencers. And I was actually just texting with a friend yesterday and she was like, why does Molly Sims, like why do these people keep sharing these highly dangerous reels, right? Where she's saying... Oh, isn't it cute? My doctor told me I need more vitamin C. And so I'm putting orange juice in my tequila this morning. Like, isn't that cute and funny? This morning. This morning, right? And by the way,
0: here's the brand I use.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yes, yes. Or like, this is how moms get through daylight saving time. And I'm going to pour a whole bottle of wine into my Stanley cup, right? So I'm not only going to binge drink, but I'm going to hide my drinking. And I'm going to drink to cope with motherhood during the day. And it's also her branded wine, right? Yeah. So why do they keep sharing it? They keep sharing it because... First of all, they don't realize. They don't realize. And I don't they're not off the hook for not realizing because when you have an audience of 500,000 or a million followers, you need to educate yourself on what you're sharing, right? So they don't realize how dangerous alcohol is. They don't realize how addictive it is. They don't realize that like female drinking went up 41% since the COVID pandemic began.
0: They and don't realize among mothers of Yes. Children under five years old went up 323% Yes, and deaths, alcohol-related deaths, and including among young people, we're talking like 30s and 40s, Mm -hmm. typically alcohol-related deaths increased 2% a year. And Mm. in the year after the pandemic, it spiked
1: 25%. Oh, my God. That and is that, scary. That's harrowing. They don't know all these things, right? Yeah. And like I say, that doesn't mean like we, we give them a pass and say, well, they don't know it. No, they should be. And we must expect them to be informed if they are putting out reels to their millions of followers. Because the problem is, and here is the lie with mommy wine culture and influencing. The lie is that Molly Sims is not drinking tequila in her orange juice in the morning. She's not, right? That's the first lie. And then someone will say, well, what if she is? To that, I would say, well, if she is, she's still lying because then she's not showing the effects and she's not being Mm -hmm. truthful about if she is hiding her drinking in the morning, And she's not being truthful about the addictive qualities of alcohol and how it affects her mothering and her business. But I'm going to tell you, she's not doing that because she is running a business. She is a mom. She's highly successful. She looks like a million bucks. She's not doing that. Her followers, though, are they are finding this very relatable and they're finding solace in the fact that someone like Molly Sims Is drinking alcohol in the morning to cope with motherhood.
0: Oh, and an entire bottle of wine
1: and an entire bottle of wine to get through daylight saving. And they're thinking, Oh, thank God. Thank God. I'm seeing me, right? I'm seeing me in this reel. I'm going to like it. Look at how many other people are liking it. Good. I'm not alone. The problem is, you know, Judy in Iowa is not Molly Sims. She is drinking more to cope with motherhood because everything around her is telling her that it will help. She is, And that it's it's, normal. And that it's normal. I used to say like,
0: well, my friends drink a bottle of wine at night. And I was like, I never drank in the morning. Well, except when I had a mimosa or Bloody Mary. Like that doesn't count because I'm shifting the alcohol I'm (laughs) drinking. Right. I used to drink like we would have eight bottles of champagne for pumpkin carving brunch amongst my friends. I mean, knives
1: and alcohol. It's just a good combo. Oh yeah. And (laughs) and children, we were like fucking doing
0: handstands afterwards. (laughs) And we sent my husband out to buy more champagne. And like my girlfriend used to like, pour. you know, we would make mimosas and she would be like, Just a splash for color about the OJ, right? Just a splash for
1: color. Yes. And what do we want to feel about our drinking? We want to feel okay. And like, we want to feel okay about ourselves. And so all of those those reels that seem funny and ha ha, isn't that cute? You know, Judy in Iowa is saying, okay, thank God. Thank God I'm not alone in this. But then what happens is the alcohol does its job and it does what it's supposed to do and your tolerance goes up and you end up drinking more and then you're addicted and you're thinking, what is wrong with me that I can't, I don't look like Molly Sims. I can't, I'm not, I'm not able to mother in the way that I thought I would. I'm not able to run my business because now I'm addicted to alcohol and it's something wrong with me. That's shame, right? When we think that it's just me, it's a weakness in me that I can't handle my drinking and then I can't somehow fit alcohol into the cracks of motherhood like it seems like everyone else around me can. We don't talk about it because if we talk about it, holy shit, we got to go to AA. We got to call ourselves an alcoholic. And so then it's this shame spiral and shame is really icky to feel. We're not going to feel it. And then so we drink. And it's all this, it can, you can draw a line back to these reels. That are trying to be relatable and funny. And Molly Sims has no idea that she's doing big alcohol's dirty work. And are we just, certain? Are we certain? Yes. Really? That doesn't mean that she's, uh, off the hook. And that doesn't mean she shouldn't be held accountable. I think I shared with you when I did a campaign for Kettle One and like, you know, and doesn't it just piss you off that, like, I just picture these, you know, the guys in the suits being like, make it pink, and then they'll buy it. Oh, and, yeah. And like, that, that they think we're so fucking stupid. And it turns out, we're tricked into being like, well, this is pink. Oh, it can't be that bad. It's pink. You guys, there's flowers on it. And yeah, by the I, way,
0: there is, I have all the research, which I just, we could talk forever. Yeah. About the information and studies that were done in the alcohol industry in terms of like, they were hitting a ceiling with men. And by the way, it's like the the tobacco industry hook them young, but then we're killing off our own customers. So they're like, okay, we have to expand market share. Let's go after women.
1: Yeah, they didn't have a choice. And it's almost like, you know, in the day when light cigarettes, like Marlboro Lights, right? And we thought like, well, I, you know, I smoked Marlboro Lights in college because like, I'm not going to smoke marble. That's too much nicotine and tobacco, but light like that. And there was a class action lawsuit against, all, you know, the thank you for smoking, all of that stuff and thinking that, oh, we've been tricked because we thought light cigarettes were better for us. Yeah, and it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's like, well, we thought that the pink bottle of alcohol wasn't ethanol. It's not like Jack Daniels. It's pizza. oh my
0: god, there are bottles of wine literally named Mommy's Wine. Ma-
1: oh, and Mom Water, Mom okay. Water. Yeah. Okay, so does Molly Sims know that she's doing big alcohol's dirty work? No, but she does know. She does know that she's lying. yeah. And she does know that she is not addicted to alcohol. I don't think, because I don't think a lot of us know, unless you spend time researching and looking into it, I don't think a lot of us realize how calculated this is. Yeah.
0: Well, although... There was a huge backlash against Tropicana when they did this campaign on social, by the way, with, you know, Molly Sims and a bunch of other people hiding their alcohol consumption in their closet or in the laundry. Or there was like a um refrigerator disguised, I think, as a uh, laundry hamper. And there was such a backlash against it that the ad was pulled. And I'm sure they were like, haters going to hate. Totally. Guys are so uptight. But she must, I mean, unless she totally was oblivious to that, like the campaign was pulled.
1: Yeah. I I think that it.
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I cannot believe how fast this year is flying by. We're all busy, but one of the most important things you can do to make sure you're on the right path is to carve out some time to celebrate your victories and to notice what you've wanted to change but haven't been able to yet. Whether you're navigating sobriety, setting boundaries, or striving to be the best version of yourself, therapy can be a game changer. Therapy is for anyone looking for growth and support. And if you're considering it, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's entirely online. So take a moment for yourself and visit betterhelp.com Forward slash someday to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P. dot com
1: slash someday. I guess, I guess, I I I assume she doesn't realize how dark and and how dangerous it is because she keeps posting it. Maybe that's like yeah. the you know maybe that's the the hopeful part of me. I mean, you look at you know there was all that like when J Lo came out with alcohol an alcohol line or whatever yeah. some sort of alcohol something and everyone was up in was up in arms like she doesn't even drink and I'm like you guys exactly like that's that's exactly this is the yeah. this is the quiet part out loud you're yes. seeing these people who are sharing the ads and the in the reels and all of the social media stuff and all of the posts, they don't do it either. Because Well that's...
0: and by the way, Blake Lively did yes. too, which I was so disappointed yes. in because she has never drank right. and she had Betty Buzz and it was held up as oh look at all these amazing influencers. I mean, I'm trying to remember whether Katy Perry had one and whether Gigi she Hadid has, like, or an-
1: yeah. Does Katy Perry have like the alcohol removed wine or something? I'm trying to remember what it I is. Know. There's I so should much. know.
0: But Blake Lively had Betty Buzz, I believe, and it was alcohol free. Yeah. And she did this whole thing about wants to have great tasting, sophisticated X, Y, Z without alcohol. And then she just released Betty Buzz infused with alcohol. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake. You I don't- know.
1: I know, and hopefully, I I look at that as like, oh well, yes, okay, good. Now at least it's coming to the to the surface, right? That now we we've people, known these people don't drink, yeah, right. Like it's very clear. We've touted Blake Lively as like, see, she's cool, she's one of us, and now she's releasing out. It's like, oh well, this is a very clear lie,
0: meaning one of us alcohol free people. Yeah, <laughs> one of life. us like. Silver chic, you know? And the other thing I do love, though, is more celebrities are talking about the fact that they stopped drinking for XYZ reasons. And, you know, they're Gen Xers, a lot of them, right? They're like, Drew Barrymore, Kelly Ripa, Ben Garner is talking about it, taking breaks from alcohol, worrying about her alcohol consumption. What's too much? So it goes both ways.
1: Yeah.
0: So tell me about your Kettle One campaign.
1: Okay, so they and this was like early, maybe 2017 when I had kind of just started monetizing. It was more like the Wild West influencing was there wasn't like I didn't have an agent. I didn't, you know, and when you start, like, I was just like, oh, okay, you'll pay me. Great. You know, morals out the window. I don't do that anymore, you guys. And it was for their their uh, botanical line. You know, they put flowers on the bottles, guys. That means that it's, you know, it's healthy. (laughs) It's not ethanol. It's a lie. And then. So, yeah, I, I took the campaign I made it look very glamorous cuz I know how to do that. I sat by my pool and like, you know, look at all this. Look at look at what life could be if you have Petal One Botanicals in your glass. And then I poured it right down the drain. I did not even take a sip because even when I was drinking, I just didn't drink vodka. I I did not like vodka. And so it was a lie. Yeah, Would anyone even looking at that ad campaign know it was a lie? No. No. They'd be like, um, ooh,
0: I haven't tried the botanical. Right. It's I like, like Suzanne. Her life looks fabulous. Yes. You know.
1: Right. And in reality, vodka had nothing to do with that. And I think, you know, we know that with ads. Like, we know that George Clooney isn't drinking his tequila on the motorcycle. Right? Like, we kind of know that but social media gets tricky because when we think we know our influencers and when we know their kids names we know how long they breast No like trust yes just implicitly trust like we're in their homes and and even when it's not an ad even if it's just a quote unquote funny reel to be relatable so that Molly Sims can get likes it's still a lie
0: Yeah. And by the way, we do this. I used to do this. And now when you're in early sobriety, I highly recommend you mute. You don't Mm. have to unfriend, you don't have to block, but mute friends who are constantly posting about alcohol. And again, I kind Mm. of, I don't cringe at my Facebook memories, Mm. but I do look at them to Remember how deep I was because I was the one posting about, Oh my God, such a hard day. But now I've got a bottle of wine with my girlfriend and thank the Lord. But if you and you can see this, it's shorthand. It's a metaphor for sophistication, for a night out, for a date night. How many people take pictures of their cocktail?
1: your mm-hmm. friends,
0: not influencers, and post it as a, oh, my God, thank God I'm having a date night mm-hmm. with um, my husband or on, or on vacation or a night out with my girlfriends. And like, how many people go on vacation and take pictures with their feet with their
1: cocktail? At yes. The yes. Yes. I mean, it's all lies, right? We have no idea. And we're getting hip. We're getting hip to social media and, and realizing how much goes on behind it. But I still think influencers are very confusing to people and they don't. It, it's still this. It does feel still kind of wild west and that we will we will trust um, and we don't realize that big influencers are brands. Yeah. They have marketing goals. They have sales metrics. They have all. It, it's a brand. Yeah. Um, and it's not just some mom who's sharing some tips that help her.
0: Yeah. By the way, so like I said, being in the marketing industry and behind the scenes for like forever, I pulled up Net Influencer, which is so helpful. Mm. And just kidding. I want to tell you, so can I read you yeah. the article about how to use influencer marketing for alcohol brands. This is so helpful. How popular is the alcohol industry? It amounts to 261 billion industry expected to expand 11% year on year. This statistic highlights the significance that alcohol has on Western society and exemplifies the true competitiveness of the entire industry. Helpful, exciting, exciting tip. The alcohol industry also saw an incredible boom during 2020, mm. an effect that was said to be caused by the conditions of the pandemic. The Beverage Information Group, also a fabulous lobbying group, notes that alcohol's consumption increased by 45 million cases. So helping to further understand how prevalent Alcoholic beverages can be on the common consumer. So I will link to this article Mm. in my show notes, gives you useful information about can influencers promote alcohol on social media? Uh, Yes, they can as long as they disclose influencers must not promote alcohol. If more than 28.4% of their audience is under age 21, you know, so details, details. So, you know, they have fabulous, you know, examples of successful campaigns and then best practices for promoting alcohol with influencers. Number two, do not promote any distasteful activity. Your influencer marketing campaign should highlight the most attractive selling points of your product without referring to any type of alcohol abuse. This means not showing influencers to be intoxicated or violent. Instead, ensure your influencer is describing how the drink tastes and
1: showcasing safe and healthy alcohol consumption. <laughs> safe and healthy. El- so in other words, don't show what the alcohol does. Just show the bottle because we're too uh embarrassed by the effects of what we're selling. So don't show that. Just take a picture of the bottle and then shut up.
0: Yeah, like you did, buy the pool.
1: So a different
0: Uh, article that is an open influence, right? Alcohol and Spirits brands once spoke to the masses with glossy TV ads and billboards, but now the new growing alcohol marketing strategies are sweeping the industry in the form of influencer marketing. Influencer marketing pulls in big business. For brands, the spend is supposed to hit $7 billion in 2019 and is expected to reach over $8 billion by 2024. And why better niche targeting, engaged followers, and brand humanization, just to name a few fantastic benefits. I mean, mm. this is not accidental. This is no. not
1: accidental. And by the way, it works it, it works. I mean, what stuck out to me in that first one was like, because of the issues with the COVID pandemic, you know, alcohol use was raised by whatever. I'm like, yeah, the issues let's, that's what we're going to get. Like, that's the point. The issues were, were all mental health related that we were, we were searching for connection and, And belonging and escape and help with anxiety and help with sleep and help with, and all of that shit alcohol makes worse while we're getting addicted to it.
0: Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I wanna invite you to take a look at my on demand coaching course. The Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study, sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it, or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a -a one-day-at-a-time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. Yeah. Like, yeah. And by the way, trends to watch
1: Mm -hmm. at home drinking. Mm. Oh, my God. And this is what, because obviously at home drinking, during the pandemic and the pandemic response, way increased. I don't. Okay, so you probably have that metric, but I I know that it went up. And oh god, yeah. What happens when we see our influencers in our phone? They're in our homes, right? They're in our homes. We're, we don't feel alone when our favorite influencer is in our home on our phone, and she's drinking too. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel like we're drinking alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean. So many articles I will link to, but talking a different one, talking about the shifts in alcohol marketing and to combat the issue of being hard for brands to stand out from the crowd, the use of influencer marketing has been essential for many alcoholic beverage producers to boost sales, increase brand awareness, and become household names. And the reason they love that influencers, right? No, like trust. And I'm saying this even from a big product brand who so much of our budget shifted
1: Mm -hmm. to
0: digital marketing, to influencer marketing. Like I said, we played a single influencer, 20,000 a pop over a hundred thousand in a year for like, the smallest posts. And by the way, they converted better than anything else. Yeah. But no like trust factor Mm -hmm. targeting. You can target specific groups Mm -hmm. that are interested in wine or lookalike audiences of your email list, have a propensity to buy alcohol or follow wine enthusiast magazine, by the way. So yes. did I. So people who drink a lot and who have X amount, you know, are in the top 25% of income. You can target women who are married, who have kids, everything else. And your marketing and the influencer you choose are very specific to that, mm-hmm. meaning the campaigns appeal to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And and then on the influencer side of it, it's there like deliverables from you know any campaign, especially an alcohol campaign. Kettle One wasn't the only one I did, but I did wine. I did other ones too. Very very specific, right? It's just all. I don't know. It, I I think people would be shocked at the amount, the contracts and the deliverables and everything that that goes into. One sponsored post on Instagram, especially when alcohol is involved. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then they report, right? You, you report yeah. oh, yeah. details on oh, yeah. sales. The other thing I would say, which is interesting as Gen Xers. So the biggest drinkers of wine, I mean, this, this podcast on the conversation, it was with reporters and PhDs who'd written dissertations on Alcohol and the changing nature of, you know, consumption with Gen Z. But they very specifically said that, uh, 2005 was the high of binge drinking among young people. So I graduated mm-hmm. college in 97. You probably graduated 2002. 2002. And they want to, you know, hook consumers when they're young. So they're mm-hmm. very worried about the Gen Z change. The alcohol industry produced a report. This is for industry people saying the American wine industry has an old people problem. They mm. need to make changes fast to find an audience with younger consumers. Um, the biggest growth area. So this Executive vice president, a longtime analyst of the American wine industry said the biggest growth area for wine was among 70 to 80 year olds, followed mm-hmm. by 60 to 70 year olds and then down 40 year olds. I'm 47, huge, huge drinkers, yeah. but, um, you know, it, they have to figure out how they, to attract younger audiences. And trust me that a lot of money is going into that.
1: They have to figure it out. And that's why it does feel like with Gen Z at the helm, it feels like alcohol is definitely going to have a cigarette problem. In In 20 years, it's going to be like, holy shit. Did you know that, you know, we look at, you know, doctors in, in cigarette ads now as insane and, and people could smoke in hospitals. And, and now that's insane. I think that in 20 years, I hope anyway, we will look at, you know, wine bottles promoting breast cancer awareness as just the same as we look at doctors smoking now.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. The year before the report. And again, this is an alcohol industry, wine industry analyst said last year's report proposed an industry wide marketing campaign. Remember that campaign? Like from back in the day, Got yes. milk. Yes. Um, promotions of the 1990s graduate. I graduated high school in 93, college in 97. But the initiative was stymied when some in the industry objected to the mandatory contributions that would have financed the campaign. I mean, this is big, 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 big money.
1: Yes. Oh, I feel like there's going to be a class action lawsuit against big alcohol. It's, I feel I, mean, I feel like because what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> Should we me? do it? Let's do it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just write it up. Do we have I, to add up the number of
0: alcohol we consumed? But like before, good. I've been tracking it. And in my first 30 days alcohol-free, I did not ingest 40 bottles of wine. I mean, wow. I'm five, five foot. You're little. I know. I mean, I'm not little, but little. I'm short. <laughs> I mean, so... It was just, um, I consumed a shitload of wine, multiplied that over 20
1: years. Damn, baby. Damn. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. And I think that all of this, all of this stuff is not widely known. It's just Mm -hmm. not. We don't know how dangerous alcohol is, and we don't realize all of the marketing dollars that are being put to make sure women Drink it, Mm -hmm. like yeah. They just don't. We just that's why we're doing it, guys. That's why we're gonna, yeah. We're just
0: so you can be informed consumers. Like you know the French paradox back in the day. Yeah, asked the question on sixty minutes and just took hold about like why are French people so healthy? It's probably because they drink wine, red wine every day. Heart healthy. Um, Yeah, they also buy. You know, food for dinner every night. They walk a ton, walk all this stuff. They eat a lot of different foods that are, you know, more healthy, but forget that. Right. And then there was the one study, which has been disproven like literally 17 million times that moderate drinkers are healthier than people who don't drink at all. And. For all the reasons it's untrue, but also because the people who don't drink at all often have illnesses where they Mm. can't drink or they used to have a problem with addiction. They used to be huge drinkers, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Right. Mm. I mean, it's just anytime you're confused, just replace alcohol with cigarettes and, and, and think about how insane that would sound. Like Mm -hmm. moderate smokers are healthier. Than, than people who don't smoke. To us, that sounds batshit crazy. And it's the same thing with alcohol. It's just yeah. that they're the big tobacco has, you know, was sued. And now they have to have those labels on it. And it's more widely known how dangerous and yeah. addictive it is.
0: Yeah. That's- and the thing is, which I completely and totally agree with, like we do shit every day that is not good for us, right? Yeah. Every mm-hmm. single one of us. Um, often understands that the choices we make are not good for us, and we choose to do it anyway. Right. What I want to highlight is that with alcohol, we don't know that it's not good for us. Like yes. 70% of American women are not aware that alcohol is causes cancer, seven yes. times cancer, just not aware, just know that. You yes. know, just be
1: aware, yes. make your choice. Just know, I, I mean, most people don't know that alcohol is ethanol. We don't know that there's no difference between alcohol like wine and Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. We don't know that White Claw is actually has more alcohol than some beers. We don't know that because of marketing.
0: And, well, so you and have, not only that, we don't know all the damage it
1: causes. Yes. And um, especially anxiety. My mom's a therapist and anxiety is, I just, I don't know someone who's not been plagued by anxiety, especially moms, especially women, especially with this, in the age of overwhelm that we find ourselves in, I just don't know. And that's always the root of it for me is that not only do women not know how dangerous and addictive alcohol is, but they've been taught that it will help. Yeah. And that it will help make motherhood easier. It
0: helps relax you, quote unquote. It helps you sleep, all of which is untrue. All of which is untrue. I was completely and totally oblivious to it to the point where I would go to my therapist, psycho, you know, psychologist and say, I am waking up at three in the morning. I am so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed. And she prescribed me with no question. I'm sure I had originally on my intake form said I drank a couple of drinks a couple times a week, prescribed me Ambien. And I was drinking mm. a bottle of wine a night and taking Ambien, which mm. is so dangerous.
1: That's how um, Heath Ledger died. Died
0: in my sleep.
1: Yeah, that's how Heath Ledger died.
0: A mom of a one-year-old.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, malpractice. I mean, that that's like so dangerous. And the problem with our healthcare practitioners is they are so stressed, so overworked from COVID and everything like that, that they also have are turning to alcohol. And if if she were to talk to you about your alcohol use and how dangerous it is, first of all, a lot of them don't don't realize because they're not taught it. Then she would have to look at her own. And as we know, it can be really scary to look at our alcohol use and our relationship with alcohol because of and everything. I can't we've tell been you taught. how
0: many private clients I have who are doctors, who are therapists, yeah. right? And they're deep in it too. Yes, They're also looking to justify and dismiss their own alcohol content. A lot of them have been like, dude, I feel like a fraud. Like I deal with people like nurses with addiction. You have that inner anxiety or they're oblivious, right? All their friends drink that much on social. And again, not judging. I mean, I could tell you. All the stories about nice. me gifting my girlfriend's books called Nap Time is the New Happy Hour and Sippy Cups Are Not for Chardonnay. Like yeah. that was yeah. like my go to your pregnant gift. So for real, yeah. not judging, but totally.
1: like I, you know, once you know, you can't unknow. And it does give, I hope that we can have compassion for ourselves and, and just talking about how deeply rooted this is this is why we've all been tricked right this isn't just like th- there's not a weakness in us that good marketing worked and yeah. on on everybody you know i was just in the hospital like for i'm fine i'm fine but there was a nurse And she and I connected and we were talking and, uh, you know, I hate small talk, but I'll talk about like family issues. I'm like, what's your name? And like, what trauma (laughs) are you carrying? You know, like, let me, let's get into it. So she said that she stopped drinking. She was 30. She just turned 30 and she stopped drinking because of everything she kept seeing in the hospital that was alcohol related of her four patients. So I was one of them two were detoxing from alcohol. And she said, that's definitely not rare. It's every day. I don't think even people realize that you can die from detoxing from alcohol, not opioids, right? Like detoxing from opioids is safer than detoxing from alcohol. You can get all the seizures and what? what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. But that it's so dangerous to detox from alcohol. And she kept seeing it. And so she stopped drinking. I was like, wow, good for you. See that 30-year-old. I am so impressed by
0: people who stopped drinking young. Yes. Um, I just, I mean, I, I did not stop till I was 40. I stopped mm-hmm. in the year I was 40. I could have kept going easily. Yeah. I had just been worried about my alcohol consumption for a decade. And I, my mental health was what made me stop. It was not worries about my physical health. It was, I felt like I couldn't cope. I would like Mm. sometimes lay in bed tingling, just trying to get through the day. And of course I like blamed it on work, but also I was like, fuck, it's the alcohol. I know Mm. that.
1: Mm. Yeah. When you know deep down, then, you know. You know,
0: so and it is separately also the marketing is changing, just so you're aware. So these studies, and again, this is the lobbying industry for the alcohol industry, which is big, big bucks. They're also Mm -hmm. influencing health practitioners. They're also influencing the laws about what you can market and the warnings. But they said marketing to younger consumers ought to amplify sustainability and social responsibility. Um, a subject that wine is well positioned to highlight health awareness is an area where wine has also seen success with so-called literally, this is the industry so-called clean wines. Oh, a largely, camera me- DS's. Oh. A largely meaningless term meant to imply healthfulness. They're doing well. And then, I mean, this is... It says largely, does
1: it say largely meaningless?
0: So-called clean wines, a largely meaningless term meant to imply (laughs) healthfulness. By the way, this is not an in-depth news article. This (laughs) is a report to the alcohol industry about how to succeed. Goes on to say hard seltzers with a clear message of no added sugars and few ingredients have excelled with health-minded consumers. Unlike wine, seltzers are required by the food and drug admin to add nutritional labor, by the way, unlike wine, um, to their packaging, which works to their advantage. The wine industry has long resisted requirements for ingredients and nutritional information. So, like, if you see this marketing,
1: so-called clean wines, a largely meaningless term. You guys, that's straight from them. That's not even us saying it. They know it. They know that this organic wine is bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, how is, yeah, organic ethanol? It's largely meaningless. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to be, we're going to be too smart for them we are we're gonna spread it far and wide we don't care if it's pink we don't care if you put flowers on the bottle we don't care if it's healthier if it's organic it's all oh my god so many
0: breast cancer campaigns including at my husband's school like coaches against cancer basketball tournament are giving away baskets of wine. And I like (laughs) lean over to my husband and I was like, do you know that people who drink a glass of wine three times a week have a 15% higher rate of breast cancer, which increases with every glass of wine by 10%? Like, you know, no one knows that. Not that I'm worried about my future.
1: (laughs) I know. No one knows that. That's the I thing. didn't know it. I didn't know it. I didn't and know it before I stopped. No. Breast cancer has an
0: entire fucking month. I mean, sorry. You know, the alcohol industry. Yes. Yes. You know, oh, the they capitalize on that shit. Ribbon.
1: Oh, my God. And like, whatever proceeds of this wine will go to, you know, 15% proceeds will go to Susan G. Komen. You guys, and they know they're laughing all the way to the fucking bank. Mm hmm. Yeah. Ugh, incensed. I'm incensed. I I'm know. indignant so, as a consumer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna
0: get another bad review about this anti-wine.
1: Oh you no. Know. Well,
0: I feel like
1: okay, but is it shocking that we're anti wine? Are we supposed to be pro wine on mm-hmm. We are yeah. <laughs> oh I'm anti wine. I co sign that. <laughs> yeah. You guys and don't don't leave negative reviews. Just leave positive reviews. <laughs> <laughs> please
0: kind of, we spend hours
1: and hours hours you guys blood sweat and tears you see okay well or to edit this content okay casey spends hours researching i spend little literal zero hours researching and then i count on casey to get <laughs> you research, <laughs> You're Sorry, research the, extraordinaire
0: yeah well i love data
1: I know. and research.
0: And as a product marketer, it was key, including focus, we did so many focus yeah. groups around um what worked, what didn't, what images, what mm. people think I would, you know, online, online sales of alcohol is huge. Now that was one of the pandemic changes online ordering. Yeah. And I mean, everything from where you click, A-B testing, how people understand, et cetera, et cetera. But again, article in the publication, The Drinks Business, SVB Report, I mean, Silicon Valley Bank, state of the US wine industry. In 2023, in January, older Americans are the only area of growth in wine consumption It's getting ready for a recession. Um, the only people who are drinking more wine than previous surveys are people over 60. By the way, this is something they are incredibly worried about. Yeah. And to put millions of dollars to change.
1: Yes. And they're coming for you. They're coming for us. They're coming for women and moms.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, In the report, the report reads, amazingly, people over 60, their share of spend is still growing. The median boomers, those born 1946 to 1964, are on the other side of their normal retirement age of 66. And the spend in that cohort, again... That is still growing. Literally the industry report will have to decline unless they somehow get a reprieve from death and taxes. I mean, this is great. It's great. crazy. You guys, they're saying the quiet part out loud. They are, little,
1: they are in they, their report. Unless they're, they're
0: saying- in the wine, beverage, drinks, industry report.
1: Oh my God. Okay. What's, what's some good news?
0: <laughs> oh, tons of good news. Tons okay. Okay. Of good news. So okay. the non alcoholic beer, Ooh, yes. wine and spirits industry is the only growing segment of the alcohol industry by 30% year over year. My absolute favorite athletic brewing company has yes. become a billion dollar company in four years I mean amazing I interviewed the founder of it he quit drinking and was like he was a hockey player from New England he was like I don't want to feel like I'm in the penalty box when I go to a bar so I want to develop xyz oh I see Um, what
1: he did there I see what he did there with the penalty box
0: and you know they sponsor the Ironman they sponsor that's amazing They have influencers who are Olympians, right? Using this in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gen Z and millennials are drinking significantly less than their parents and grandparents at Mm. the same age. They do realize the mental health issues. They realize the cancer issues. They realize the shit. That goes down, including violence, bad decisions, mm-hmm. the um, propensity of sexual assaults that occur when women are intoxicated, but also when men are intoxicated. Yes. They are wise to this shit. Mm-hmm. And Gen X, m- our generation, women, mothers still drinking a lot, but starting to decline, yes. right? Yes. As we get wise to it people talk about it openly as there are more options to stop drinking than calling yourself an alcoholic and going to a 12- right. 12-step right. program. Although, if that helps you, God bless you, do it. It works yeah. for some people. But it also, if that's the only option, it stops yeah. a lot of people from um, stopping drinking. So like, is that enough good news? That's great news.
1: That's great news because it's so hopeful and it really does feel like the tide is turning. It might be Mm -hmm. turning slower than we want it to be, but it's turning. There is no
0: shortage of women who are struggling with this and that's good news and bad news. The good news is you are not alone. You are absolutely not not alone. If you are struggling with this, if you are worried, if you rationalize this um, every single day, if you say you're not going to drink, but by 5 p.m., you are buying wine. If you pour out your wine and the next day buy more, you are not alone and it is not your fault.
1: Yes. And you're not, yeah, you're not alone and you don't have to be silent. You can, you can speak up and that doesn't mean that you will have to wear this label for the rest of your life. There are other women out there just like you who are figuring it out and who are finding freedom and sobriety. I feel that this is a truly important topic
0: just because yes. you see it everywhere. And I know so many women, myself included, who are so deep in believing this stuff. And yeah. when you stop drinking, there is like all the phases, right? Denial, you know, bargaining, yeah. yada, yada, yeah. anger, anger yeah. is a once you stop, you're just like, Oh, my God, this is everywhere. And yeah. these are not
1: true. And what I've been duped and what the fuck. Right, right. I've been tricked. And I get pissed. I get pissed at the trickers. And I also get pissed at alcohol. And I'm like, you know what? Alcohol doesn't give a fuck about me. I'm not going to let it anywhere near me anymore. Like, I'm done being tricked. I've tried it. We're good. And by the way,
0: like you said this too, your friends are like, oh, I still drink. Like, oh my God, my husband drinks. Yeah, mine too. All of my friends who I drank with drink. Like yeah. I said, we do stuff all the time, all the time yeah. that we know is not good for us. Trust me. I do plenty of shit that's not good for me. Yeah. Um, that is a choice. We just want you to be aware. I and I too. knew I wanted to talk about this and I knew you were the perfect person. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. That. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, um, guys. Yeah. All right. Next all right. time. Yeah. Till next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit Hello And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more.
1: It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves.